0: Smart, smart fans. People that listen to this podcast, man, they are very, very intelligent. And this is how I know. This is how I know it. This is how I know you guys are taking what I'm giving you and you guys are applying it to your teams in the correct fashion. This podcast is kind of like a baby in the projects, right? Like I gave birth out of my vagina, my theoretical vagina, of course. To this podcast, right? Haven't put any money into it. Not really making any money. Up until this past week, where I've had some patrons actually sign up for the Patreon site so they can get some bonus material and make some extra money playing DFS. That's patreon.com/slash fantasyintervention, by the way. And really, I mean, this podcast has had nothing, right? It's just had support from the people around it. And it's been growing up. It's been growing up. It's been getting better, it's been getting smarter, it's learning new words, like theoretical, which I don't even know if I use that in the right terminology, but either way, right? I'm raising this podcast up, getting help from Uncle Devin from time to time, and it's going through school, meet, making new friends, that's you guys, and you guys have really helped out. Helped this podcast feel included with the other classmates, right? It's made a few bad choices. Like, for example, when I have to work a Christmas party in the middle of the day and I have to just go through a quick segment for you guys and I can't explain to you in depth the DFS episode, you know, that's like taking a shortcut or cheating on a test or something, right? (laughs) Oh, God, this is a stupid analogy, but I love it. I'm rolling with it, guys. I'm rolling with it. But either way, it's you guys. You guys are the smart ones that have helped to get through school. And it's about to graduate. It's about to graduate its first year in school. And because of you guys, it's getting an A++ because you guys have helped build it. And this is why I'm saying I know that, that you guys are the smart ones. 66% or 66.66666666 percent of the teams have been eliminated by now. They're out of the running. They're out of the playoffs. They are done with their fantasy seasons. of the teams, but yet we just had our fifth highest week of listeners of all time and our first most interactions with the podcast. And I've put zero money, zero dollars into this, zero. Come July, that's going to be a whole different story. We're going to go hard in the paint. We're going to promote the shit out of this. But this past, this week that we're in currently, From last Wednesday to this Wednesday, we've had the fifth most listens of all time. That means that you guys are still in the playoffs. That means that I'm giving good advice and you guys are applying it to the right situations. Right? Because I can give you guys good advice, but if you guys apply to the wrong situations, then, I mean, I can't help you out with that. I can't help you set your rosters. You guys are the smart ones making the smart moves and applying the information that I've given you to your ro- lineups in the correct way. So give you guys, guys a round of applause. Love you guys. Pat on the back. Because with you guys winning, it keeps motivating me to do episodes. It keeps motivating me to stay on top of things. And we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop at week 17. We're not going to stop at the, fantasy or the actual NFL playoffs. We're not going to stop after the season ends and after the Super Bowl. My goal is to do two episodes a week, one for the Patreon listeners and one for everybody else. And we're going to cover coaching changes. We're going to cover free agency. We're going to cover the rookie draft. Yes. We're going to cover all that stuff. I'm going to do Dynasty Talk because I love Dynasty. Dynasty is actually my favorite uh, platform to play or fantasy lineup to play or whatever you want to call it. I love Dynasty. So, we're going to be doing Dynasty Talk. I haven't decided, I think I'm going to do that for the patrons. So, you you Dynasty Leaguers, yeah, get ready for that. It's only two bucks a month. And you're going to get an episode a week. And it's going to be all Dynasty related. And how the coaching changes affect your Dynasty Leagues. And then for everybody else, we're just going to be going over coaching changes, how that affects the teams as as a whole, you know, free agent signs, cuts, all that stuff. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And I'm so excited for this rookie draft. This is going to be one of the best rookie drafts of all time in my position, or in my opinion, when it comes to the skill positions. It's going to be sick. Get excited for that, guys. The only way you can be a part of it, though, when it comes to the Dynasty Leaguers, patreon.com slash fantasyintervention. Just sign up for the $2.00 patreon join our circle thingamabobber yeah i just went with thingamabobber that was the best thing that came to my mind the tier is what i meant to say but anyways guys we're gonna get this episode started all right we're gonna go over popping tags we're gonna talk about guys that are for some reason still on the waiver wire it's gonna be a very select few because i don't want to fuck with people's teams you know this is the one opportunity you guys have to win some money the entire year if you don't play DFS, which I don't really understand that. If you love fantasy football, why would you not play DFS? You get to draft a team every single week. It's amazing. I won $1,200 between Thursday and Monday night games. And I had one of those lineups, or I believe I might have had two of those lineups. I know I had at least three lineups out of the six lineups I put up there made money. But one of them made over $600 for me. 622 bucks. Put a picture of it in there. Yeah. Yeah and all it would've cost you was $2 to play that lineup. Well, $3 in the FanDuel DFS thing, but $2 in the whole entire month for you to see that lineup. Anyways, we're gonna go ahead and get started with Poppin' Tags. Then we do have The Champ is here, followed up by Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Let's get Poppin' Tags going, baby. Here we go! Alright guys, we're gonna talk about popping tags here. And popping tags is picking up people cheap, or for free, right? That's getting people off of your waiver wires, which, I mean, if you listen to the show, you already know. But it's post-waiver wire, you can pick up for free, you don't have to put fab dollars towards. And we're just gonna talk about a few guys here, because you don't wanna play with too much roulette, right? In the earlier parts of the season, you know, you can mess around, take shots, try and get more fantasy points, this is not the time of year to do that. You're in the playoffs, and you're playing for it all. So there's a few guys here, and I want to say, how the fuck is Ryan Tannenhill, 52.4% owned, A.J. Brown, only 55% owned, and DeAndre Washington, 21.5% owned? What the fuck is going on? What are these people doing? Ryan Tannehill, for me, is a top-five quarterback this week. I don't care if he has multiple games under 200 yards. He's throwing for touchdowns, and they have Houston this week. Houston not only has a bad defense, but they can score. And I know Deshaun Watson looks a little shaky right now, but I don't care. They can score, even if they don't. Hunter Henry has a bum hamstring right now. They're going to try and save him a little bit, which means they're going to use more short passes, essentially, which means that Ryan Tannehill's going to get the attempts. What? I mean, I don't get it. And I'm not bitching you guys, because if you guys listen to this podcast, or I'm not bitching about you guys, because if you listen to this podcast, you owned Ryan Tannehill the second, the second that he took over from Marcus Mariota. Because I've been harping about him since before preseason. But, God, you got to throw your hands up. Why is he still a free agent? Why is A.J. Brown still a free agent? I mean, in my favorite league that I play in, or my favorite lineup that I have, I've got Hopkins, I've got Chris Godwin, and I've got D.J. Moore, and I'm still trying to think of a way to get A.J. Brown in that lineup. There's no way to do it. But I'm seriously considering starting A.J. Brown over D.J. Moore, Chris Godwin, or DeAndre Hopkins this week. I'm seriously considering that. A.J. Brown is going to be a monster in this league. I've been talking about it since, well, before the season started. He was my favorite rookie. When it came to rookie drafts, he was my 101. Above Nikhil Harry. Above Josh Jacobs, above David Montgomery. He was my 101. I said, the only thing that needs to happen is Tannehill take over. And I had so much faith that Tannehill was just going to run Marcus Mariota out of town. I just had the faith. I'm telling you, A.J. Brown is going to be a league winner. Not a week winner. He's going to win you the fantasy playoffs over the next few weeks. Next two weeks, I should say. I mean, if you play week 17, right, if you do, he's got Houston this week, New Orleans Saints next week, and then Houston again. Oh, my fucking God. The next two weeks are awesome. The next three weeks, holy shit. What are people doing? All right, on to my other ones. Sorry for harping so long. <sighs> um, Raheem Mostert, I think you can play him, but play him with caution. Like, he's not a top-end option for me. Yeah, they're trying to keep Tevin Coleman healthy after that high ankle sprain. I know that they said that he's healed, but those things linger, man. And then Matt Breida is coming back, but they want to keep him healthy for the playoffs. They want to re-release that three-headed beast. Ah, that kind of rhymed a little bit, just a little bit. But no, I think that Raheem Mostert is uh, a safe play this week up against Atlanta. I don't think that Atlanta's going to score very many points on them, so they're going to have to run. Uh, Raheem Mostert's had over 30 or 40 snaps each of the past two games. And he's been an absolute monster each of the past three games. So I'm expecting Mostert to, to play well again this week. But if you have somebody like, I don't know, I have uh, Nick Chubb and Chris Carson. I'm not, playing, I'm not playing Raheem Mostert over like Chris Carson and, and Nick Chubb or any one of the superstars. Like, don't get cute. Darius Slayton for me, if he's still out there up against Miami, obviously – Eli Manning likes Darius Slayton. You saw what he did last week, over 32 fantasy points. I think he's a safe play this week. So if you're in a little bit of a bind, maybe you had Tyler Lockett. I'm playing Darius Slayton over Tyler Lockett this week. Russell Wilson has not been good, and there's a good chance that the Seahawks go up and they don't need to pass, so Tyler Lockett's not even going to be a, an option. Tyler Lockett for me, oh, man, I'm, I'm dropping Tyler Lockett in a lot of leagues as a landmine hope that somebody else picks him up and plays him that I'm going to be playing against. When it comes to the Packers D up against Chicago, uh, that was one of the major pickups of the past week, and I actually don't really like it that much. Packers, man, they've been a little loose lately, and Mitchell Trubisky's looked really good the past few weeks. I just think that Mitchell Trubisky has some potential to turn this into a shootout that we didn't expect. I mean, look what happened last week in Dallas. We didn't expect it, but Mitchell Trubisky, I think it's starting to click for him. I think he's starting to get it, and you have... David Montgomery, who's going to be able to run up against him, Tariq Cohen. I just, I don't think that it's going to be good news for Green Bay this week. I think Green Bay is starting to fall apart. DeAndre Washington, he needs to be picked up. Uh, he's one of my, he was actually my number three pickup of the week behind Tannenhill and uh, A.J. Brown. So DeAndre Washington, who has Jacksonville followed up by the Chargers. I mean, you've got to pick him up, and I think he's playable up against Jacksonville this week. I think he's definitely playable. Patrick Laird is interesting. I'm not playing Patrick Laird unless I'm in a full-point PPR. And even then, I don't really like playing him. I understand that he gets the receptions, and they don't have anybody really to pass to. But I'd rather go with one of my dogs. You know, one of the guys that's been there for me throughout the season. Over Patrick Laird, it's just too sketchy for me. It's just too sketchy. And I'm going to end my pop and tags segment because I wanted to keep it short and civil, right? I didn't want to talk too much about guys in depth, but check out the people that got dropped this past week because I found Devontae Parker in one of my leagues. The guy thought that he was going to be out for the season. He misread a clip. And, yeah, he, he, it was somebody else that ended up getting uh, – was out for the season, and he mixed the two up, so he dropped Devontae Parker. Just check and see because, I mean, these are the goals, This is when people are, are trying too hard. This is a time of year where people are trying too hard because they're so close and they end up misreading something or, you know, maybe they thought that he wasn't going to be viable or in my situation, right? Like if I'm sitting there with Devontae Parker on my team and I need to pick up a running back because one of my running backs got hurt and I had DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, DJ Moore and AJ Brown. And I didn't know if Devontae Parker was going to be playing this week. I might drop Devontae Parker over those guys. You know, it wouldn't be that crazy if I need a running back because I had one of my running backs, like maybe Sonny Michel, or not Sonny Michel, maybe uh, Rashad Penny got hurt, right? And that was one of my guys I was leaning on, so I had to pick up a running back. And that could have been one of the only guys that I felt like I wasn't going to play the rest of the season because all the rest of my team revolves around handcuffs. Right? It wouldn't be that crazy. I mean, it would be kind of crazy to drop Devontae Parker right now, but still. Still, just check your wave wires. Check the recent activity. It might be somebody that you would least expect to be dropped that could be out there. That's going to wrap up. Popping tags. Up next, the champ is here. Yeah, baby, the champ is here. guys we're gonna talk about the champs here which is guys at each position that are outside the top 12 but we believe are going to end up in the top 12 and why that's gonna happen and it's an interesting week man you don't want to take too many risky shots but there are definitely some players out there because I do not like these quarterback matchups this week I don't like them and this might shock some people but Just as one of my examples, like I would play Ryan Tannehill this week, and it might just be my man Crush, I might be completely wrong, but I would play Ryan Tannehill this week above Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson up against the Jets with an extremely hurt leg. There's a good chance that they go up early in this game without relying on Lamar Jackson as much. And then they take him out halfway through the third quarter because they're up, you know, 30 to nothing. Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson comes out of that game with 50 yards rushing, 100 yards passing, and two touchdowns. You're not stoked on that. That's not winning in your fantasy playoffs. RG3 comes in, takes over. If I was a Ravens fan, that's what I I would want to see. That's what I would want to see. This defense is really, really good, and the Jets are really, really bad, but yet they're really good up against the run. Now, Lamar Jackson is a completely different animal, and I understand that, but why would you risk Lamar Jackson getting hurt further or keeping that leg sore when they're about to go into the playoffs and they're in the race for first place. Jets aren't going to be competitive in this one. How many points can Lamar Jackson actually put up, or how, many, how much would you want to use Lamar Jackson if you're a Ravens fan or you're a Ravens coach? Answer for me is not that much. Josh Allen, who's carried some people to some fantasy championships up against Pittsburgh. This has the lowest implied total, one of the lowest implied totals when it comes to points of the entire year. So where are the touchdowns going to be had? Pittsburgh's not going to score a ton on the Bills. The Bills aren't going to need to score a ton, and plus Pittsburgh's defense is really good, especially up against the quarterback. Now, I know, Josh Allen is a completely different animal. He's amazing. He's one of my favorite fantasy options for dynasty like, ever. I think he's my number fourth or fifth-ranked overall quarterback in Dynasty. I think the Bills are going to surround him with a ton of talent, and I think he's going to go off, but that's not a great matchup. You have Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott this week up against the Rams with a pretty damn good pass defense. They got Jalen Ramsey now. Jalen Ramsey is going to take away Mari Cooper. They're going to double-team Mike Gallup over the top. Randall Cobb is going to see plenty of underneath coverage. He's probably going to get some linebackers in zone, along with a safety or that nickel cornerback. Jason Witten's going to get locked down by one of those safeties. I mean, what's his name? Uh, Taylor. Taylor, I can't remember his his, uh, last name, but Taylor's been sick so far this season. He took over for uh, Josh Johnson, and he's been really good up against the tight end since he took over. I just don't see Dak Prescott having a great week. So Aaron Rodgers up against Chicago once again. There's a lot of guys that are ranked inside the top 12 that are not going to finish inside the top 12 this week. I love the options in the second half of these selections, like Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's my champ. He's going to be a top 12 quarterback. He's going to be. I wanted to pick Eli Manning, but I'm going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick on this one, up against the Giants. Eli Manning up against the Dolphins, right? That can end up being a shootout with two terrible defenses and two progressive offenses. My only fear is that Devontae Parker, if he misses the game, Fitzpatrick isn't going to have anybody to throw to. So that scares me a little bit. I think I might pivot over to Eli Manning if that was the case. But I still like Fitzpatrick this week. He's still going to be a top 12 quarterback. Is he going to finish up as a top five? Probably not. But a top top 12 for sure. And typically with quarterbacks, hey, as long as you don't get somebody going off, like, for example, Mitchell Trubisky going off and, you know, putting up, I don't know, 40 points that you're playing against them, which typically, if you had Mitchell Trubisky, let's be honest, you're probably not in the playoffs. I mean, maybe you picked him up off free agent uh, waiver wires, but you probably have a better quarterback or better option to play if that's the case. But a lot of these guys that would have carried you to a uh, playoff appearance aren't actually in a good position this week. Tannenhill's one, Jameis Winston's another, but he's got the broken hand. I mean, outside of that, it's it's pretty sketchy for these top-end options this week. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. I also think that Jimmy Garoppolo is also a guaranteed lock for top 12, and I don't believe he was ranked in ESPN's top 12. He might have been on the edge, which is why I didn't pick him, but Jimmy G is a great play this week. My next champ for the running back position. And uh, I hate saying this. I don't I don't want to say this, but the running backs, once again, well, actually, it's the exact opposite with the running backs. The great running backs so far this year have pretty easy matchups overall. The other running backs this year, the ones that are right outside the top 12, have a little bit of a tougher tougher matchups. We don't really know what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs. I did like Philip Lindsay a lot. He was definitely an option for me, but he just scares me a little bit with the split snaps with Royce Freeman. And I believe that Philip Lindsay might have been in the top 12 as well, but it would be Philip Lindsay if he wasn't. I'm going to have to go David Montgomery, who I think it's clicking with Chicago right now on all cylinders up against Green Bay. I think they're going to run it. I think they're going to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field to the best of their ability. And I think that Aaron Rodgers could also throw a few picks, which would leave a short field for Mitchell Trubisky and David Montgomery to run some RPO. And I think that Montgomery is going to end up taking it to the house a few times. Montgomery, for me, is actually a play this week. He is in my top 12. He's my champ for the running back position. Now, wide receiver, it scares you a little bit. It scares you because you got David blau. blau. Blau, my little pop gun pistol. Pistol pop gun, yeah, David Blau. Blau, Blau. Listen, Galladay, Marvin Jones is out for the, for the rest of the year. You got Galladay up against Tampa Bay. You can't run against Tampa Bay. You can't run. Tampa Bay is going to score. They're going to score on the lines. They're going to have to pass. They might double team him, but opportunity alone Alone, you could see Kenny Galladay with 15 targets this week. You could see him with 15 targets. Who else are they going to throw to? Amendola? Hawkinson's out. So Logan Thomas maybe? Who else they got? What's his name, Matt or something? I don't know. No, Galladay's going to get 15 targets this week. Galladay for me is a lock, an absolute lock for the top 12. I'm playing him in DFS, playing him in Standard Leagues. I'm playing him everywhere. Galladay is a lock for me this week. Up next, my tight end, my champ for my tight end. He's here. He's walking. He's got the belt. Ian Thomas, man. Ian Thomas is my lock for the top 12 this week. Tight ends are sketchy, man. You could have like O.J. Howard, but he was in the top 12, so I couldn't pick him, right? O.J. Howard is a great pickup. He's going to see an increase in targets, but Ian Thomas, who was outside the top 12 for ESPN standard scoring leagues, is going to go off this week. Man, I love Ian Thomas this week. Love him absolutely love them. They're up against Seattle, and Seattle is almost as bad as the Arizona Cardinals when it comes to points allowed to the tight end. You can throw to them. I see. I expect D.J. Moore to see some of the Shaquille Griffin show, which Shaquille has been okay. He's not been great this year, but he's been pretty good overall. Shaquille Griffin, it's going to reduce. I still am playing D.J. Moore, but it's still going to reduce the amount of targets that D.J. Moore sees, so I think that Ian Thomas is going to be a huge beneficiary of a Seattle Seahawks matchup this week. I love Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas is going to be a top six option. That's my, Ian Thomas is going to be a top four. That's my bold prediction. You want to get bold? You want to get real bold? Let's get bold. Let's get ballsy. All right, fuck top 12. Fuck top 12. Ian Thomas, let's see. Let me see who can score more than him. We got Zach Ertz who's probably gonna score more than him. Travis Kelsey. Probably going to score more than him. And George Kittle. That's about it. I'm looking at the lineups right now. Sorry, I'm being a little bit quiet. But listen, I mean, they're 31st up against tight end. Ian Thomas is the fourth overall ranked tight end. I, I forgot to do tight ends last night. But I'm pretty sure Hunter Henry's the only other one that I'm considering above him. Maybe Jared Cook if he's healthy, but we don't know if he's going to be in with that concussion. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ian Thomas over Darren Fells. Over Evan Ingram, over Mark Andrews, over Darren Wall... Ian Thomas, for me, is a lock. Uh, O.J. Howard's the only other question mark, but O.J. Howard's a little bit too sketched for me to play this week, actually. Ian Thomas is top four this week. Yeah, I'm getting real bold. I mean, let's look at him last week, right? Let me click on the last week button. Oh, man. Oh, there were a lot of tight ends that went off last week. He was... He was number seventh last week, but the tight ends went crazy. Whoa, that's probably the best tight end week ever, ever. 30 points, 21 points, 20 points, 19 points, 19 points, 18 points, this full point PPR, but still, holy shit. I mean, Higby had a monster game and he's not even in the top, he's, yeah, not in the top threes, fifth. Whoa, sorry guys, I'm kind of trailing off on you. Getting back on track, my bad. Oh, yeah I love him Thomas this week love him he's gonna win you a game I promise I don't promise I can't promise I don't know but he's definitely a lock for me all right guys that's gonna wrap up the champ is here on next to my favorite segment that I do second favorite segment BDSM glutton for punishment is my favorite what's y'all's favorite let me know comment on Facebook and let me know what your favorite segment is please it'd be super nice yeah, uh, On to, next to my next segment, Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, guys. We're going to talk about some of the guys that we are placing in a stacked position, such as a quarterback with a wide receiver or a running back and a defense, quarterback, tight end. Yeah, we're gonna talk about some stacks here, guys, guys that we're definitely locked into playing this week that are gonna have huge weeks. And then also we're gonna go over a few guys on stacks that we're gonna trash. And that's gonna be guys that we can't stand the stack up and then we need to get out of our lineups ASAP. So, to start this one out, (sighs) I've already talked about it a ton, right? Tannenhill and A.J. Brown versus Houston. I wanna play them everywhere that I possibly can everywhere that I possibly can. Houston has obviously been pretty shoddy up against quarterbacks and tight era. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, wide receivers. I don't know why I say I'm sorry. I mean, you guys still listen to it, whatever. We all make mistakes, right? Right. Well, I can't say everything correctly for, you know, 40 minutes straight. But anyways, Tannenhill and AJ Brown are locks. So I don't really want to go over that. Okay. Jimmy G And Devo Samuel versus Atlanta. That's one of my favorite locks that nobody's talking about. Jimmy G has been playing very solid, and my only concern is that they don't need to pass, but at the same time, at the same time, Jimmy G, G, what, two touchdowns, 250 yards? That's a solid, solid week. It's not a great week, but that's a week that'll keep you in the running. That's a week that you could still win your league off of. So if you're in a tough bind, And you don't believe in your team, right? Like, I could see Aaron Rodgers throwing for 220 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. I'd rather play Jimmy G over Aaron Rodgers for sure. Devo Samuel, all he needs is three catches up against Atlanta. I believe they just put, uh, what is it, Trufant, their, their starting corner on IR or at least he's out for this game, I believe. Look into that. Look into that. I believe their starting cornerback is hurt. Debo Samuel up against an already bad pass defense. Three catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns, or one touchdown. One touchdown you'd be stoked on. Even if he has five catches, right? He's going to see all the opportunity in the world up against Atlanta. Maybe not all the opportunity. He's not going to get a ton of targets, but you never know. You never know. I just love Jimmy G and the Debo stack this week. Chris Godwin and Jameis Winston versus the Lions. I mean, Chris Godwin's going to see a ton of Coleman, and Coleman has not been too great this year. God, I love this matchup. Absolutely love it. I love, love, love this matchup with Chris Godwin in the slot. Got Brashawn Perryman, Watson on the outside, but Chris Godwin's going to go off this week. I don't care about Jameis Winston's broken hand. He's fine. He's fine. Play him this week. God, it would suck if, like, on the first play, he went to go throw and, like, a defensive tackle stuck his helmet in there. (laughs) James Winston's hand hit the helmet and shattered his hand. Oh, God, I need to stop thinking about that kind of stuff. Did I just jinx him? Did I just jinx James Winston? Shit. I still like him this week up against the Lions. And then uh, Chris Carson in that Seattle defense up against Carolina. And the main thing that we're looking at here, right, I could see Carolina putting up some points. I could see him putting up points, but I could also see the Seattle Seahawks going up early. And there being plenty of opportunity for turnovers, opportunity for sacks, strip sacks, fumbles, interceptions, everything. That front seven has been insane, absolutely insane for the Seahawks. Well, not insane. They've been doing really, really well lately. And I could see it continuing this week up against a bad Carolina team. My only concern, this is why they weren't one of my main ones, but still I wanted to play it, right? Like my main two, my main two are Chris Godwin, and Jameis Winston, and then Jimmy G and Debo, and of course Tannenhill and A.J. Brown were there, but I've already talked about him so much, so that was one of my main ones, but this was going to be my main one until I thought about my, my one concern with Christian McCaffrey up against the Seattle Seahawks, and the Seattle Seahawks have been okay up against the run lately. I mean, not bad, but they also had allowed some big games to some stud running backs, so that is a concern, concern and then Ian Thomas I think that he's going to go off so that's a concern as well but I'm looking at opportunity for turnovers so if you need high upside let's just say like for example I'm in one of my leagues Josh shout out to you I'm, I'm beating Josh by like 40 points okay and it's a two-week playoff thing where it's uh what week 14 and 15 combined and then week 16 and 17 which I fucking hate week 17 Josh so shout out to fuck you but still it's a two-week combined thing, so you know, it's more about who's the better team versus you know, one big week. But either way, I'm beating him by about 40 points, so he needs some huge, huge upside. I would recommend playing the Seattle Seahawks to him if he listens to this episode. So if you're listening, I would play the Seattle Seahawks this week if they're a free agent up against Carolina, and you might end up striking out, but it's boom or bust. They could put up 20 points. It could be insane. could be insane. Let me know if you take my advice. And then Chris Carson, uh, he's going to go ham. He's absolutely going to go off this week up against Carolina. You saw team after team after team just shred the Carolina uh, in, in the run game. It's it's going to be nuts. Now, onto my trash stacks. And these guys I do not like. Do not play these guys. If you're listening, somebody told me the other day that I predicted somebody else. And I was like, no, that was my trash stagnant, uh, segment part of the stacks. They are trash. I don't want to play these guys. Don't play these guys. Don't play... Don't play these guys. Okay, there we go. And I'm going a little ballsy. I'm going a little ballsy on this, but Aaron Jones and the Green Bay defense up against the Bears. They've allowed three out of the past five games single digits to the running back. Jamal Williams was hurt last week, right? He had a hurt knee. It was swollen up. That's why Aaron Jones got more opportunity. Jamal Williams should be a little healthier this week, I believe. Look into it. Just double-check. I didn't have a chance, so I gotta to go to work. But either way, I, I just don't like Aaron Jones this week. It, it. God, man. This is so tough to say because you beat the Bears on the ground, but the Bears have actually been more stingy and they've been clicking late. I love the Bears lately. God, did I just realize that? I have a crush on the Bears. This is weird. This is really weird. Now, I think that the. I think that the Green Bay defense is slowly starting to fall apart. Mitchell Trubisky is looking a lot, lot better. Anthony Miller is coming to his own. They're using Montgomery more. You can beat Green Bay on the ground. And then on the other side of things with Aaron Jones, it's just he's hit or miss, and he's too sketchy week to week for me to play. I don't want to play him in my lineups. He is my trash stack. Boom! Just did it, baby. Just did it. Now we talked about. We talked about how many players I don't really like this week, so we're going to go over a few. A few more than normal. I normally only do two trash decks, but I got a few of them up for you guys here. All right, like, for example, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham combined. That's another one. Odell Beckham should see plenty of Patrick Peterson plus safety coverage. All right, if it was just Patrick Peterson, I'd be okay with it. But you should see plenty of that plus safety coverage over the top. That's how the Arizona Cardinals play. That's why they give up so much to the tight end. It's because they don't put guys on the tight end. They're covering over the top, so the tight end has plenty of seam potential along with crossing routes, post routes, right underneath where the safety, where the safety covers, right? There's out routes on the side where the cornerback gets pulled out into coverage and linebackers can't keep up. It happens time and time again. And OBJ, this, I mean, Arizona, they haven't been terrible – ish up against the wide receiver they've been better they've been slightly better but either way i don't want to trust obj who's had chemistry problems with not only baker mayfield but the entire browns organization he's already telling teams that he wants to be traded he's like come and get me he's pulling an earl thomas right after the browns acquired him right at least earl thomas waited a few years and then just said it to jerry jones he's supposedly saying it to almost every single coach if i was in the browns i wouldn't want to play for him or play with him If I was Baker Mayfield, I wouldn't want to pass to him, right? He's getting under pressure for it. So maybe this is a weird squeaky wheel game indirectly, but I don't like it. I don't like it. I think they're going to use Nick Chubb to run a ton. They're not going to need to score. I just don't like OBJ. He's too risky for me this week. It's very similar situation to Aaron Jones to where, yeah, he could have a good game, but do you really want to, you know, trust your fantasy playoffs on it? Do you really want to put it on the line? And for me, that's a no. I'd rather find other players. Like I would play Darius Slayton over OBJ. I would definitely play A.J. Brown over a- OBJ. You you have to. You got to go with the safety on this one, guys. And I'm, I know scared money don't make no money, but this isn't the time to do it. All right, we're talking about having a full roster, full of guys. This is not the time to do it. DFS, I'll take a shot on. Cool. Yeah, that's where you make the money is in DFS on a contrarian play but no, I don't like him this week. On to my next guy. And I love this guy. I've been riding him all year, but Josh Allen and John Brown, mm -mm, not up against the Steelers. Like I said, this has one of the lowest implied point totals of the entire season, according to Vegas. John Brown's got another tough matchup, and teams are starting to pick up what the Bills are putting down when it comes to the Josh Allen and John Brown tandem. He's had his lowest amount of targets two of the past three weeks of the entire season the entire season he's seen is two games with the lowest amount of targets at four targets he's seen coverage from chris harris he's seen coverage from byron jones he's seen coverage from marcus peters that's brutal what is the steelers def- what are the steelers defense going to do they're going to cover john brown They're going to put some coverage on Cole Beasley as well, but I like Cole Beasley because he's in the slot this week. And if you can attack the Pittsburgh Steelers anywhere, it's in the slot. It's the only spot you can attack them at. They're motivated. They're moving well. John Brown, for me, is definitely, definitely a bench this week. He just hasn't been performing. He's been letting you down. He's been letting you down in every game outside of Miami since week seven, or since week eight. 7.9 7.9 fantasy points in a half-point PBR, 9.6, 10.2. He had the great game up against Miami, but then 10.9, 9.2, 4.1. That's not good. That's not safe. That's not good. John Brown, for me, is a sit, along with, unfortunately, Josh Allen. I love Josh Allen, just not this week. Can't play him. Don't play him. Stay away. And we're going to finish up with the last two. These two are corresponding, okay? I've got Melvin Gordon in the Chargers defense up against Minnesota. And then I've got Kirk Cousins and Stefan Diggs up against, obviously, the Chargers. And the thing is, is right where each of these guys suck, the other guy does well. So Melvin Gordon is going to be running up against a wall in Minnesota, banging his head up against the wall in Minnesota, hurting it over and over again. Right? But you can pass on Minnesota. Phillip Rivers coming off a massive, massive game last week. Massive. I think that the Chargers actually have a chance at beating Minnesota, but if they do, they have to do it in the air. Melvin Gordon's not going to be an option for me this week. I'm actually going to bench him. It's tough to say, man, because you want to play those dogs in the playoffs, but I'd rather play DeAndre Washington, uh, DeAndre Washington over Philip or I'm sorry, DeAndre Washington over Melvin Gordon, as long as Josh Jacobs is out, and then Kirk Cousins on the other side with Stephon Diggs. God. That's going to be brutal. You know Minnesota is going to be scoring, but they're going to be scoring with Dalvin Cook. They're going to run all over the Chargers. Dalvin Cook's going to have three touchdowns this week. It's going to happen. That's why I don't like the Chargers defense. Literally, they're not going to have any opportunity for turnovers. because Kirk Cousins is going to have 10 passes this week. He's going to pass 10 times. Dalvin Cook's going to run 100. Alexander Madison's going to get some work in there. Right? It's going to happen. It's bound to happen. Mike Boone going to get some work in there. My only fear... My only fear is that Dalvin Cook has that issue with his shoulder, right? Gets hit in the same exact spot and ends up coming out of the game. That's my only concern. But still, they're going to run nonstop. And Stefan Diggs, as long as Adam Thielen's out, is going to see a lot of Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward's been a monster this year. I believe mean, Mike Davis is on the other side. He's been solid. So no matter where you go, you're going to be facing up against a top-end cornerback. This is one of the best secondaries in the league. I think they're completely underrated because their inability to stop the running back. The running back's getting passing yardage on them, so it's kind of inflating those numbers when it comes to the passing game. Kirk Cousins is not going to pass a lot this week. I could see, I'm not kidding you when I say Kirk Cousins could have 10 passes just like he did in, what, week two or week three? It could happen again. Yeah, I'm not playing Kirk Cousins or Stefan Diggs this week. It's just too sketchy. There's too many other good potential plays out there this week. Too many other good ones. And guess what? That's going to wrap it up for us. It's going to wrap it up for us. So if you guys want to listen to us on any other platforms, we're going to be available on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, Wahoo. Get excited. We're now available on Patreon as well, which I've already talked about. Patreon.com slash fantasyintervention. Don't sign up for the $5 one. I just set that up for next year. I need to actually somehow figure out a way to pull it off. Just haven't had time. But if you sign up for the $2 one, right? The $2 one, 2 bucks a month. That's it. You're going to get DFS episodes. You're going to get lineups. My lineups, three of my, my lineups. I'm going to do a contrarian lineup. I'm going to do a uh, uh, high upside lineup, Boomer bust. And then I'm also going to be doing a safe lineup, something that's cash viable and should even win money in tournaments. Not a lot, but at least a little bit. Yeah, get excited for that. Whew. Man, what an episode. That was fun. That was a good one. That was, I got a little silly, but that was fun. That was a fun episode. God, yeah. Anyways. Huge shout-out to Fantasy Football Discussion. Keep those questions coming in. I'm going to t- try and do another live episode for you guys this Saturday, or Sunday. I apologize. This Sunday. And, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. Listen, thank you guys so much for listening. Keep those questions coming in. And thank you for letting me intervene with your Fantasy Football Live. Hey, my mama, I'm out. That's how you bang a podcast.